Hello and welcome to another episode of Built on Passion. I'm Drew Funstein and today we're talking to Mike Goldfarb, founder of Bonti. Bonti is a mission-driven brand that Mike started after spending a year traveling the world. Today we talk about how he started the brand, his travels, and the importance of having a strong brand mission. Hey Mike, thank you so much for hopping on with me today. It's my pleasure, Drew. So just before we get started here, how about you give me a just a brief description of your brand and the products that you sell? So I am the founder of Bonti, and Bonti is globally inspired apparel for your everyday adventures. And we make sweaters, scarves, vests, bags, kimonos. We have artisan-made jewelry and whatever you need for your everyday adventures. Based on that, tell me a little bit about your background, kind of how you decided to start that sort of brand. I have a business background. I have an MBA. Most of my career, I've worked in business development, mostly in the entertainment world, some real estate as well. In 2018, I left my job running business development for a movie studio to realize one of my dreams, which was backpacking around the world for a year. And I did that with my then girlfriend, now wife. Along the way, we met lots of different people from lots of different walks of life and learned a lot of things that informed the brand. One of those is people are more similar than different. And we went to places that we had never been to before, that we had some preconceived notions going in. Meeting people on the ground, we learned, yeah, we just had much more in common than not. And at the end of the day, people, most people want the same things. They want to live a normal life, being free of conflict, having good relationships and purpose and meaning. And ultimately, a lot of that is what informed the decision to create Bonte. So you decided to take a year off from work and travel the world. What what was like the reason you decided to do that? So my um, then girlfriend and I, we met on a plane a year and a half prior to that trip. And we were long distance for the first year and a half. And one of the conversations we had on the plane was this, this dream to travel the world for a year and spend quality time, spend a lot of time in certain places in the world. We spent three months in Israel. We spent six months in India. We were only planning on spending three months, but we got sucked in, did our yoga teacher training and sat on a few meditation retreats. We spent three of those months in Dharamsala, which is in the Himalayas. And Met a lot of different artisans working in local crafts in the region. Yeah, it was in Dharamsala that I met this tailor who was making these beautiful, unique jackets out of scarves. I just thought they were so cool, so different. We went into his shop and he has hundreds of different scarf patterns, all different colors and patterns. We picked out ones that we liked and we came back later that day and he turned them into a jacket for us. And they were just really cool. And we wore it for the remainder of our travels and wore it back home, wore it around LA. That's where I'm based. We go to Burning Man, wore it there, got lots of compliments and questions and people coming up to me on the street and saying, what are you wearing? And at that time I was looking to do I knew when I got back from this trip, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. That was always a dream of mine. I didn't know exactly what that would be. I don't have a a fashion background. I think I have decent style, but I never thought, you know, I'm going to be a designer. But yeah, after the 50th person approached me, I thought maybe there's something to this. Maybe this is the opportunity that where I can continue this journey of of traveling and, and working with, you know, artisans and 
creating this, this cultural exchange, I reached back out to the original tailor who made my jacket when I was in Dharamsala and put it in order for our first production run. This was in January of 2020. I think you know where this story is going. <laughs> and yep, then sure do. in March of 2020, the world changes. COVID becomes this global pandemic. And I had already invested in this first production run. So I, I was freaking out to some extent. Fortunately, the line, it's pretty casual. It's like elevated casual. You could definitely wear this to a, a swanky dinner party, maybe in LA. I don't know about it certain cities, but it's stuff you can wear to the grocery store. You can wear to a friend's house for a barbecue. It's pretty versatile clothing. It's not like I started an evening wear line where people were just not getting out of their pajamas for the first couple of years. The launch went pretty well. People still want to look good and feel comfortable, even if they're at home, if they're on a Zoom call, just how we are right now, just being able to still be presentable, but be comfortable at home. So yeah, the you know COVID did not affect me as horribly as I thought it would. But yeah, I mean, for the people listening, can you kind of paint a picture of like what your product looks like? Because obviously I've been to your website and I know what it looks like, but people listening, what does it look like? Yeah. So just imagine a really cool scarf print. And I mean, that could be anything, but the prints that we're using have a globally inspired look to them, which is like a very vague way of saying it could be from anywhere. So people come up to me on the streets and they're like, oh, I love your jacket. Is that from South America? Or I love it. Is that an African printer? That's really cool. Is that from Bali? And they're all, it's made in India. I, you know, I work with artisans in India and it's it's all small batch made and gotten to know the people I'm working with and their families. And it's a really cool thing to have these relationships and be able to support these communities. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it kind of looks like it could be from a lot of different places. So it has this, yeah, this global look that inspires travel and wanderlust. And I wear it on hikes. And when I'm outside in nature, I, I feel really good in it. And it's they're lightweight, but also enough layer to, to keep you warm on a, on a cool night. It's definitely a, a year round. The jackets are year round pieces that I wear all the time. People can wear as a layering piece in winter or cool summer nights. And they, they kind of have the flow. So they, they all, they're, you know, as I mentioned, they're made from scarves. So they have the, the tassels of the scarf ends um, at the bottom. So it's, a, it's kind of a cool feeling, just kind of watching them flow and they kind of evoke motion. So yeah, they, they, will, they stand out for sure. I would encourage everyone to go to your website and check them out because there's definitely a really unique look. And honestly, it's not surprising that COVID didn't have as much of a negative effect because, I mean, it is kind of like the perfect thing to be like wearing on a Zoom call or something like that. It's like it looks nice. You can throw it over your T-shirt and have a little bit of an elevated look without having to try too hard that day. What else about like the traveling that you did leading up to kind of discovering this piece? What happened there that kind of led you to know you were going to have this entrepreneurial journey when you got back and you wanted to do something like this? I wanted to create a brand that resonated with the values and the the knowledge that I had accrued during this experience. So, you know, we did a lot of, as I mentioned, you know, we did our yoga teacher training and sat on different Buddhist meditation retreats and I was thinking like, oh, how, do, how does that infuse into a clothing brand? How does that differentiate there? And really 
what I arrived at is this idea of the journey never ends. So what does that mean? It means like, you never reach the end. You never reach, oh, I've, did, I've done this, I'm complete. You're, we're always changing. We're always evolving. Ups and downs, that's, that's just how life goes. So you know, even thinking back about when COVID hit and you know, I was freaking out about you know, what's, what's going to happen to this brand. Because when I launched it, I didn't, I didn't have a brand. I just brought it. Really going through that experience myself of the highs and the lows and worrying, but also being really excited and, and realizing at the end of the day, like I, I'm still me and things are going to change in my life, but I'm still who I am. So yeah, I wanted to infuse that message into the clothing that the journey never ends. Change is constant. Having this attitude of empathy. So Bonte means spiritual friend. It's a Pali word, which is the language that the Buddha spoke. And spiritual friend, it's, it's a concept we don't have in English, but it's this idea that every single person out there is someone you can relate to, you can connect to, who could be your friend. And even though on the surface, you might not have a lot in common with them, they might speak a different language, have a different religion. As I mentioned at the beginning of the call, we at the end of the day, we, we all really do want the same thing. We all could find that, that deep meaning to connect to. And I wanted to evoke that in the clothing and have the clothing almost serve as like a totem to remind you of that. So when you wear it, you feel a little bit more connected to something greater than yourself. You know that you're, you know, your purchase, you're wearing this, it's, it's, it's helping support families in communities where the pieces are made. So you're making a difference there. And just having that attitude of, of empathy and compassion, you know, wherever you go. You have such a strong like brand mission that you're trying to like pull along with these products and it's like it's a jacket, right? But you have this like very unique outlook and vision around it. How did you go from kind of just being a product company to kind of developing this brand? I um, when we got back from the trip, this was a few months later, just around the same time that I was having the conversations with the tailor and getting ready to launch my my then fiance. We went to a a meditation at this. Sri Lankan Buddhist monastery and in LA. It was, I mean, very serendipitous because you know we spent about a month in Sri Lanka and, and spent some time with monks there and, and studying Buddhism. And our Uber driver from the airport had a little Buddha hanging from the dash, and we were talking with him, and you he said he's Sri Lankan. He's we were saying, Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you should come to our, our monastery and, and meditate with us. Just Typical Friday night in LA, we rolled up to the monastery and went to this this Buddhist meditation. It was, yeah, really, really nice. He invited us into the, the monastery to have tea with the monks after. And we're like, of course, yeah, let's do it. We were meeting some of these monks and it just kind of threw us back into six months earlier when we were traveling. And it's just kind of cool to be able to find that in LA. People were asking us like, oh, have you met Bonte? Have you met Bonte yet? And we're like, I don't know what that means. Who, what is Bonte? Who is Bonte? So we get introduced to Bonte, and he's the head abbot of this monastery. We, uh, you know, he takes us around. He's introducing us. He's just giving us books that he wrote, and he gives us this CD of, of meditations that are recorded. It's like, oh, thank you so much. And we go home, and I'm looking at the album art 
of this meditation CD. And I'm thinking like, this looks so familiar. Where have I seen this before? It's like a picture of a sun and it's really beautiful art. I'm listening to the CD and I'm like, oh my God, I know this meditation. And I go, I have a Spotify playlist of, of meditations that I listen to. And you know, one of them is a loving kindness meditation. What that means is you're extending compassion and loving kindness to other people you know, as you're listening to it. So I look at the album art of that and it's the same album art, it's the same recording. And I had been listening to Bonte's loving kindness meditation for a few years at that point and just never, it didn't put it together. So that to me was just like a very serendipitous sign. And I was like, wow, this is, this is something. So yeah, I thought that was a cool name, Bonte. I changed the spelling a little bit. It's you know, normally spelled with an I at the end, I thought, or an E at the end, sorry. And I thought, you know, add an I, maybe make it a little bit easier for people to pronounce. But even still, people don't really know how to pronounce it. I, that would be one of uh, my advice for being entrepreneurs out there. Just think twice about the name and how easy it is for people to spell and <laughs> find the website and everything. So I'm, I'm still glad I did it, but it's definitely a recurring conversation is how to spell it and what that means. We've already Eddie have had that problem for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely yeah. SEO is more important than you think, especially and being able to spell the name goes a long way. So based on all of your travels, you have this great connection to these artisans. You now have it seems like a, a varying array of products that you sell. How did you develop those new products and are you working with the same artisans and how does that work? I'm working with the same artisan and some others. So with the um, the jewelry line, the the malas and the the bracelets, I, I'm working with um, a group of female artisans in Rishikesh, which is at the the base of the Himalayas. So all Himalayan based still. Was previously working with some artisans in Nepal. So yeah, it's great to kind of work with these local Himalayan based artisans. We spend a lot of time there, and it's just a really beautiful place and, and a place that really had a transformative effect on me. So this is kind of my small way to just keep that connection and, and support these communities. And as far as product development goes, you know, a lot of that's informed from my customers. So they were saying, well, I, we love your cardigans, but we want more neutral colors. Like these are fun to wear, but what about something a little bit more neutral and muted that we can wear the little more toned down occasions? So I said, that, yeah. Great idea. We started on that and made them from cotton. We got a lot of requests to make them from natural fiber. So we started doing that. The other thing is I, you know, I'll, I'll see things I like and I'll be like, I think that would fit in the collection. I could, you know, tweak this and make this a little different and kind of keep this globally inspired aesthetic. I did that with the the denim kimono. I thought that was something be a really cool piece to wear. And and I intend for most of them, with some exceptions, to be pretty unisex. Like our, our duster, for example, is probably worn by more women. I know some guys who wear it, but the jackets, the kimonos, the malas, the bracelets, our bags, they're, they're definitely unisex pieces. So that's part of the intention is thinking like, yeah, like who could men, women, any, who, however you identify, could you, could you wear this and, and enjoy it? You mentioned the Himalayan kind of tie back there. You guys have a give back program, I believe, mm -hmm. um, with your products. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah. So we um, partnered with the Himalayan Children's Fund and a portion of profits goes to their organization, which supports education and community initiatives in the region. Help me with schools, healthcare. That region's definitely had some, some hardships over the years. Being able to provide some support and stability is, I think, really good, positive thing to keep up. Something that's interesting is that I'm noticing a lot of a lot of the more successful brands in the e-commerce space right now have very defined vision and mission, as well as a piece of a give back program. For other people listening or people who might have e-commerce brands, like how important do you think that has been to your overall success as a brand? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it keeps the brand accountable just to stay mission aligned. Because really, the crux of what Bonte is about is you know what we've discussed. It's this notion of compassion and empathy, and you know being a spiritual friend. How, however, that relates to you, and it's kind of putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, with that. So I think that's that's important. And yeah, I would say to other brand owners and entrepreneurs who are thinking about that, it doesn't need to necessarily be so obvious just because, oh, uh, I don't have a Himalayan brand. So I, you know, I can't work with Himalayan artisans, like whatever that means to you, whatever way you want to provide support. I don't think people question that. I don't think people think, well, well, he's like supporting the whales, but he doesn't have a marine business. Like why, why do that? But if it makes you feel more connected to helping other people and, and more accountable, do it. You know, and, and the authenticity of that decision will, will come out in the brand story. And I think I think that's what's the most important part. So what advice would you give someone who wanted to start an apparel business today? <laughs> Be well capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say being resourceful, really, that's it. And and understanding that, you know, I, when I was starting out and even to this day, you know, I ask people for advice and no one person says the same thing. Someone might say, oh, try Facebook ads or do Etsy or Amazon or, or whatever it is. It might work for them. It might work for some other people. It might not work for you. And trying different things, seeing what sticks. Yeah, just being super flexible and having to iterate. Just sometimes it's, it's throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Knowing what your resources are and how to best deploy them is, is really the name of the game. That would be my advice. Like for we've definitely pivoted our strategy. We still are e-commerce brand and, and sell direct to consumer, but we've done a lot more business lately, focusing on wholesale, being on different wholesale platforms and going after, you know, more boutiques who are going to be repeat buyers. You know, that's been a, a good strategy for us. That's a, uh, a very interesting pivot these days, especially with the inconsistencies with some of the advertising channels that are out there right now. It makes the direct-to-consumer a little bit more difficult, less affordable, frankly, for many companies. So, so focusing on wholesale, wholesale can definitely alleviate some of those pressures. Yeah. And I've also done a lot of in-person selling. So going to artisan markets and swap meets and getting the tent and getting there at 4 a.m. to start setting up and being there all day. And it's also a great opportunity to, to meet customers face to face. And I think that's something lost in a lot of e-commerce is you don't really get that in-person interaction where people can touch the, the products and give feedback and ask questions and you can ask them what they think. And you know, it's a really valuable experience and it's fun, just like how I'm telling you about this story. And it's exciting to kind of like relive that, you know, people, at least when I go to these markets, like people are really interested to know the story and have that 
interaction with the creator. And it's fun to talk to potential customers. And yeah, it's a really fun experience. I would recommend that for people starting out. To, and it's a great way to also test the market too, you know, before you make big decisions about, oh, should I buy 500 units of this one style without ever testing it? I mean, there's obviously ways to do that online too, but yeah, you could start small and do that in person and you know, work your way up. Yeah, that's definitely a great way to kind of get get that product feedback direct from the source and kind of have way more informed decisions around it. You know, why does someone like it? Why do they not like it? And what changes can you make to make your product better? Well, I guess before we wrap this up, I want to give you a chance to kind of plug your company and tell everyone how to find you. Sure. Find us online at bonti.co. I'll spell that because most people won't know how that's spelled. It's B-H-A-N-T-I dot C-O. And we're also on Instagram at bonti.co, Facebook, Etsy. So yeah, find us there. Send us a message. We have, would love to chat. If you have any questions, I'm pretty accessible. I'll get right back to you. And yeah, this has been great. Thanks, Drew. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It was great talking to you today. Likewise. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Built on Passion podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are still listening right now, you need to leave a review. Like seriously, if you are committed enough to listen to the outro, then you must be a fan and we would love to hear your thoughts. Be sure to share this episode with a friend who's thinking about starting a passion project business. And as always, tune in next week for another episode.